0: Jesus does not get what he wants. He wants to be alone. But this Syrophoenician woman intrudes with her needy daughter. Jesus wants the villagers to be quiet about the healing of the deaf and mute man. But the more he urges them to be quiet, the more they tell. Jesus has all the power of God at his disposal. Why does he not get what he wants? We have heard these stories so often that we might have forgotten to be shocked at this. Is my Lord unable to get what He wants? Have I just misunderstood this? Do I need to be more cynical or be more realistic? This is a sermon about the inescapable progress and presence of God's kingdom in this world and in our lives. Welcome to the Sandhills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The title of the sermon on the 15th Sunday of Pentecost is The Frustrated Christ. The sermon is based on Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Though God clearly wants some good things, He wants love and peace, health and life. Yet in this world, uh, this world seems to be in very short supply of those things. And Paul says that all of creation is in rebellion against its creator. God does not seem to get what he wants What's going on here? I wish the world would look more or look more like what God wants it to be. And God doesn't get what he wants in my life either. And I'm guessing that he doesn't get what he wants in your life either. He wants us to be faithful and honest and kind and loving And gentle, he wants to forgive and seek peace. And too often we we live a life that's contrary to to God's will for us. If we are honest about it, we do really want to be self-centered and willingly bend the truth to our own immediate needs. We will fake kindness, when it brings us a good standing. But if left to our devices, uh, would we be truly kind? It's it's a bit of a mystery. You you know what also is a bit of a mystery? Uh, Reality breaks in in our Sunday morning world. Uh, Even the church does not look like what God wants it to look like. Uh, the communion of god's people uh, is often much more patterned after the world and than it is uh, after the principles of the gospel of christ so it's a bit of a mystery and but you want to know what a true mystery is today jesus does not get what he wants in our text. <laughs> First, Jesus desires solitude. He wants to be alone. But this Syrophoenician woman intrudes with her needy daughter. And then secondly, it happens twice, Jesus wants the villagers to be quiet about the healing of the deaf and mute man. But the more that he urges them to be quiet, that the more that they tell it so Jesus Jesus's will is frustrated two times today isn't this strange Jesus is God and Jesus is human and Jesus has all the power that God has at his disposal and what is clear is that Jesus does not get what he wants So earlier in the service, we recited the second petition of the Lord's Prayer and its explanation. So let's return again to that page, uh, page 324 in the hymnal. And recite that petition and explanation together again. Page 324. So the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself taught us, his disciples and us, the second petition is, thy kingdom come. What does this mean? Let's read. The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. So how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. So this is the prayer that Jesus Himself taught us, and therefore this is what we believe. Yet, the last couple of years have been hard for people of faith, Uh, They may have felt like God's kingdom was absent or in retreat. It may have felt to them like they, they should trust science and medicine and not cast their hope on God. In short, they might have prayed, thy kingdom come, but with some struggling, nagging doubts. All of this conspires leave me with tough questions, and maybe this is what you might have been asking as well. Is my Lord unable to get what he wants? And have I just misunderstood this? Do I need to be more cynical or more, and, and be more realistic? Are the Darwinists... Correct. Is my religion just an outmoded evolutionary artifact? A psychological equivalent of an appendix. What is that appendix for anyway? Somebody tell me later after the service. It doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) What is of interest to this sermon is that the things which frustrate Jesus' desires the healing of the woman's daughter and the telling of the glorious deeds of God in healing a man. This is the very definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God heals the broken world and proclaims God's righteous rule to all in slavery to sin, death, and the devil. In short, the kingdom of God comes. It's breaking in. And God's kingdom breaking into our broken world was predicted by the prophets in the Old Testament, including our reading from Isaiah, Isaiah 35, verses four through seven. Isaiah proclaims to a very troubled and fearful people, us too, he, he looks forward to God putting courage and good cheer in those hearts. And God will cause the mute tongues to sing for joy, and the lame will leap like a deer, and the deaf shall hear. So let's dive into the text a little deeper now to experience this truth of the nature of God's kingdom. Did you notice that Jesus cannot be alone in this first part of the text? He tried to be hidden, but he could not do it. And then later he wants people to be quiet but they talk anyway. You should be surprised at this. Jesus commands the demons to be quiet, and what happens? They obey. Uh, He commands deaf ears to be opened, and they open. Jesus hushes the wind and waves on the Sea of Galilee, and it is still. But Jesus cannot stop ministry. It's his very nature and he cannot stop the proclamation of the gospel. It's the very reason for his mission from the father. We know what his mission from the father is, the beginning of the gospel of Mark and that comes from in Mark chapter one, verse 38. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. And this is the important part, For that is why I came out. That I may preach there. Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this is the very reason that Jesus has come. This is the very nature of his kingdom, which has come. Not even Jesus' authority or desire can stop this. We are made uncomfortable with the idea that Jesus cannot do something. But I think think the gospel is found in the fact that his very nature can't be undone. Jesus surely could have gotten some quiet and alone time. He has the power to do that. Uh, He he could have exercised power. He could have caused all the people in that, that village to be mute As he healed the speech impediment, he could have waved his hand, snapped his fingers, and caused them all to be silent. But that is not him. That is not him. His love and his nature just don't go there. He is unable to silence them, he is unable to completely withdraw from the creation that which he loves. Jesus's desire for solitude is trumped by his love for all people, even the demon-possessed daughter of the Syrophoenician woman. She is far from kosher as you can get. And yet, out of her mouth come words of tremendous and remarkable faith. And what went into her mouth is not what makes her good or evil, it is what comes out of her mouth and Jesus is using her as an object lesson for his disciples. They have long thought that what made a person acceptable to God was following the Torah's kosher rules and the other rules which placed one within the Mosaic covenant. Jesus wants to smash that idea. Those were good things to do, but God is not somehow Uh, approving of this diet and not the other. Uh, The adherence to the Torah is an expression of faith, not a purchase of God's favor. So here's the gospel. Here's the good news that his desire for solitude is trumped by his love for all people, even the demon-possessed daughter of a Syrophoenician woman. God does not get what he once all the time because he loves us. And that means he values us sometimes far more than we do ourselves. God will not diminish our humanity to achieve his goals, but he will save us. He will save us fully human yet and broken and sinful as we are right now, despite our obedience and virtue. Jesus wants his disciples and us to see The centrality of faith. No one does what God wants. We cannot. We're broken. A broken TV does not give you a nice clear picture of the show you want to watch, no matter how hard it tries. (laughs) And it just cannot do that. Jesus demonstrates the centrality of faith as to his disciples today, hoping to pierce there and are twisted and darkened hearts. And he does this. And as he does this, one has to remember that Jesus's actions speak louder than his words. And that is good news. Now the disciples, and we should be asking these questions as this scene unfolds. How did the woman's great faith get there? And how were her lips open to speak these words of faith to Jesus? Well, the story of the deaf and the mute man, which immediately follows her story, is the answer to, to that question. Jesus returns through Sidon. This is Jezebel's hometown. If you know that history, uh, biblical history. And into then the region of the Gentiles and the Decapolis. And this is the You know, this is the interface of the Jewish and Gentile communities. And we cannot know whether this man, this deaf man, is a Jew or Gentile. And the point is, obviously, that this does not matter. The man cannot hear, and thus he cannot speak plainly. And if you have ever worked with deaf people, you know that this makes sense, and the ancients understood this too, Deafness is a terrible affliction, perhaps even worse than blindness, but I would not like either of them. Deafness isolates the person. They are cut off from community. And the crowds present this man to Jesus. Clearly, those who do so are hoping for a miracle. They want something to tell the kids that night when they get home. They want a story. Jesus is quickly becoming a a circus act, a performer. You know, today we don't put strange things in the circus anymore. Where do we put them? We put them on a TV show. Right? So that we can see something gross and then be fascinated by it. You know, this is kind of like this is what they wanted. Uh, But Jesus will have nothing of this. He takes the man aside privately. He will not be manipulated into a performance. He will also not let this man suffer. He will take him aside. He puts his fingers into his ears. He's looking eye to eye with him. He spits and puts the spittle on the tongue. And then he sighs, looking up to heaven and says, "Ephatha." And it almost sounds like a sign when you read this in church. Jesus' desire for the villagers then to be silent is trumped by the very nature of the kingdom of God. This word will be proclaimed. God's kingdom comes and his will gets done whether we pray for it or not. It might have complicated Jesus' ministry, but it happened. So again, here's the good news, the gospel. Jesus opens ears and loosens tongues to hear the good news and then to proclaim it far and wide. God's kingdom is counted in hearts that believe and people saved, not in Sunday school or midweek school attendance or moral behavior. We may have even misidentified the kingdom as the worldly success uh, of the institutional church. Again, God counts people saved, not moral deeds done, marriages saved, righteous kingdoms established, or how many people from the right political persuasion get elected to the House of Representatives He doesn't count Sunday school rosters or worship attendance or how many churches closed in North America. He's not afraid of persecution, war, or climate chaos. He has his eyes firmly fixed on people and their faith. And he is working towards that goal. And that means if we will be aligned with God on this We will sometimes have to lose, then, our institutional biases. God's kingdom may come without my parish or without the LCMS. It's his kingdom, not mine. But his kingdom comes. The desire to be alone, the desire for villagers to be quiet, even when expressed by Jesus himself, could not stop the kingdom from coming. And it is often when things look the worst that God does his best work. So we dare not assert that we understand all the workings of God in his kingdom. And sometimes I have to admit, I am perplexed by what God does, but his kingdom comes His kingdom comes and he's working right now for the salvation of people, including you and me and including the people that we love and the people that we loathe. That means people are saved. They enjoy the favor of God. They are forgiven, redeemed and resurrected to eternal life. Jesus obeyed that kingdom's mandate. And we do as well. Jesus obeyed that kingdom's mandate. He has done all things well. And yes, let's go back to that question I asked at the beginning. Should we be cynical or more realistic? <laughs> well, be more realistic, but not, not cynical, right? Right? There's enough cynical out there. Be more realistic, but not worldly realistic. Rather, faith lets me be godly realistic. Because I'm no longer the center of this picture. I I may trust that God's will is done and his kingdom does come and his eternal life, and his will is eternal life, and his kingdom is bright. And I can be patient, joyfully expecting God's kingdom, not mine, to be revealed. And that's good news. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.